As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's as irresistible as a full bag of onions, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. My wife. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and no one turns down his wings. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. And each Ahoy! week, we will chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how are you? I'm good. It's good to see you, man. Uh, yeah. I look forward to this uh, each week. Hopefully, you do as well. If you're listening on the audio podcast... And you want to join us by video, we do live stream this uh, every Sunday afternoon at about 1.30. Uh, you can follow the Sif Pop YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Sif Pop or the the, uh, the the Twitch, which is uh, my name, uh, Aaron Dicer. So twitch.tv slash Aaron Dicer. Is that the way? Okay, you good. You did we it, gotta- buddy. You know, I have to I have to start getting uh, better at that because uh, apparently we passed a... Uh, some sort of milestone on Twitch where we are now an affiliate of Twitch. So, you know, what? you can now subscribe and throw little bits at us or whatever that I, I'm not even sure how all that works. I need to, I need to educate myself on the Twitch verse. Uh, yeah. I never really was all that much on Twitch. I was just YouTube primarily back in my day. Yeah. So, so you can uh, check us out there. Also, uh, facebook.com slash pop. It streams there as well. Uh, Twitter, uh, if you follow uh, my Twitter, it will stream there, too. We are all over the place and thankful that you are joining us wherever you tune in. And uh, so thankful uh, that we get to do this each week. Uh, Andrew, I'm ready to get into it. We've got a couple good movies this week. Uh, I, I mean, by good, I mean fun to talk about, at least. I don't want to give away whether we actually think they're good movies or not yet. Uh, but in addition to that, we're going to talk about the best ever movies that have witches in them for our best ever challenge. And of course, we'll do our buried treasure as well. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, first, we're going to talk about 
the witches. Witches. They're real. And they hate children. Welcome. What would you do if there were mice running all around this hotel? I would call the exterminator. You see, girls? He would exterminate those brats. Uh, rats. We would exterminate the rats. In late 1967, a young orphan boy goes to live with his loving grandma in the rural Alabama town of Demopolis. As the boy and his grandmother encounter some deceptively glamorous but thoroughly diabolical witches, she wisely whisks him away to a seaside resort. Regrettably, they arrive at precisely the same time that the world's Grand High Witch has gathered her fellow cronies from around the globe to carry out her nefarious plans. This, of course, is based on the Roald Dahl book of the same name. There was, I think, 30 years ago, a movie that came out based on that book. Yeah, Um, the Angelica Houston one. Yes. uh, I remember really enjoying that movie um, when it came out because I really enjoy this book. I think it might be my favorite Roald Dahl book, which is really strange. Most people wouldn't say that. You'd probably get like James and the Giant Peach or maybe some of the others, but... Um, I, I really dig something about the universe, the way this universe sees the witches. So this has always been one of my favorites, uh, to come from his brain. Um, this time we've got Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci, and some others bringing it to us. Uh, what do you think, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, I didn't like it, but it wasn't for me. Like, it wasn't made for me. It's a kid's movie, so... A creepy kids movie, but so was the Angelica Houston one. So, yeah, that's just yeah. the vibe you get from Rolled. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, you you're in the didn't like it uh, category. No, I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in the liked it. In fact, I may even say really liked it. Now, I already oh, admitted good. I'm I'm kind of um, I guess predisposed maybe to like it because I like the material so much, and so I'm probably predisposed to focus on the good parts uh, of the film, according to me. But I really had a good time with this, and I think the two things that elevate this for me above the 1990 version, which was also really good, and Angelica Houston was great, but the two things that elevate it for me are, number one, Anne Hathaway's performance, uh, yes. which we can talk about. So good. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it, too. I thought it was, she was so game for whatever this movie was going to be. Like, she was mm-hmm. on board, and you can tell she bought in uh, to this part, and she is so good in it. And then the other thing is the the level of special effects have increased, you know, so much in the last 30 years that what they're able to do with the visualization of these creatures, these witches and the visualization of the mice and those kind of things, it's just so much better uh, that I just found myself really enjoying um, what was going on uh, with the movie. So those are kind of my primary things. Uh, you think the Hathaway performance is, is worth talking about, too? Yeah. Oh, it's really good. I think it's the one saving grace for the film that yeah. like really elevates it because whenever she was on screen, that's whenever I was actually, you know, engaged and I wanted to see what she was going to do next because she is so like, like you said, she just embraces this role. Like if you want me to be a crazy evil witch, I'll be a crazy evil witch. I'm not going to try and, you know, hold back to like save grace. Like sometimes you'll get an actor or an actress will be like, no, I'm a prestigious actor. I don't need to do, you know, any silly stuff like that. I guarantee you every single person in this movie had fun making this yeah, movie. Yeah, right? And you feel that. 
Yeah, you can definitely feel there's there's a lot of love going on here. And so I think that kind of carried me through. I think that was kind of, for me, as somebody who loves the material, uh, you know, what I enjoyed most about, you know, what was going on. Uh, what are some other things you want to you wanna chat about? Uh, I actually do like the, uh, I guess you could say the the visualization of what witches look like in this one. It's it's kind of like uh, the 90s version, but this one definitely has its own take on, you know, like the visualization of a witch. Like it's more serpentine, I guess you could say, as opposed to, you know, a classic, you know, long-nosed, cliched witch, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, I always like it whenever a movie is willing to try and, you know, make it, make something of it its own. And I think that that's what this movie did really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also really enjoyed the, uh, the voice performances of the people that we don't see, like Kristen Chenoweth, I thought did a great job. Um, Chris Rock, you know, delivers a voice performance here. And I thought it worked surprisingly. I wasn't expecting it to work, but it somehow kind of does. I I just it's not the problem with it is I can't listen to it and go okay that's a character you know that's a character in the movie I just keep going that's Chris Rock ah uh, yeah yeah it's, yeah so yeah. It, that was it for me like I I was like I can't buy into the story because this whole time I'm just thinking of Chris Rock doing all of his best stand up bits. So I'm not really engaged in the movie. And it starts off with Chris Rock, so how am I supposed to get in? <laughs> uh, no, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, Stanley Tucci also hanging out in this movie, which I always enjoy a, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of Tucci. Uh, he's not getting a, getting a ton of screen time, but, you know, you've got Anne Hathaway and Stanley Tucci. You're basically a Meryl Streep away from uh, some Devil Wears Prada. So, you know, we're, yeah. we're getting there. We're getting there. What'd you think of Octavia Spencer? I thought she was great. Uh, she wasn't the standout performance uh, for me, but I think she is consistent, and I think I really do think she's great in this movie. I just think uh, Anne Hathaway's performance is going to pretty much overshadow anything yeah, anybody she- else is doing, and that's by design. Like that character is designed to chew the scenery in that way, and so I think that makes it makes it okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what- you you really liked it? Do you have anything? Yeah, that uh, you didn't appreciate or. Would you, you would have changed? No, not a lot. Um, there is an element to the storytelling uh, in this movie that felt to me a little rushed. Now, that's that's strange to say because usually that's a good thing when something can be, you know, keep the momentum going and be tight. When I complain about pace, it's not usually that something's, you know, too fast. But for me, I kind of felt like there were times I was starting to live in a moment or live in a part of the story, and it was just on to the next thing really, really fast. And this is a universe that I enjoy understanding and exploring, and so that was really the only thing that I remember just thinking, oh, I, I, I wasn't done with, you know, the, the scene with all of them in the, the ballroom, or I wasn't done with, you know, whatever the scene might be. Um, and so I do remember having that feeling and probably being the only, you know, real negative I have. Yeah. What about you? <clears throat> uh, I think my biggest negative is a lack of try or a lack of ability to really invest in the main characters. Like you look at his other books, like Charlie and Chalk Factory, Matilda, James and Giant Peach, you mentioned, I'm, I'm able to 
live vicariously through those other characters pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it for some reason I just couldn't buy into this one as much. I don't know if it's the source material or if it's the acting or what. Or maybe because I saw all those other rolled movies when I was a kid. I never saw the Angelica Houston one. Oh, so, okay. and I've never and I've never read the book. So this is my first induction into the witches. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's I don't know if it's just something I would have had to have appreciated as a kid or if it's just not a movie for me. I don't know. I, I will say uh, my guess is that a lot of what you're hearing from me is because I liked it uh, as a kid, the book, and then mm. the movie as more of like a, a teenager when the movie came out. But again, even even as a teenager when the movie came out, it was more like, I love this book growing up. This is so cool to see, you know, yeah. look, look at them. They don't have any toes. Look at them. They don't have any toes. Uh, <laughs> just like in the book. So there is that element of nostalgia for me that I'm sure is shading uh, my thoughts on the movie. So uh, if you haven't had the experience of reading the book or maybe seeing the 1990 movie, um, then you might fall more in line with what Andrew's saying. You know, there might it might be a, a difficult way into this universe. Um but yeah, all that stuff that you're seeing in this movie, this is the other thing I would say. It's very faithful to the book. In fact, oh, even, even more faithful to the book than the 1990 version. The 1990 version changed a few things, um, and this one kind of brought some of those back. So uh, another reason I, I really enjoyed this one, uh, and probably more than the 1990 version. So, yeah. Very good. Uh, the only thing, I'll, the only other thing I'd like to address is you had mentioned that it is a, uh, a kid's movie, that it feels like a kid's movie. I said it's a creepy kids movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is what I one of the things uh, one of the other things that I love about this is I think you're right, and I think that is well worth saying to somebody who might want to fire this up. By the way, we haven't mentioned this is on uh, HBO Max, um, mm-hmm. and I can't remember who produced it and if they sold it to HBO or if it was Warner already. None of that really matters for you because, you know, you'll just, if you've got HBO Max, you can fire it up and watch the movie. It's just an interesting world where we lived in because this was very much supposed to be in theaters. uh, And they decided to, you know, find what they could, the money that they could from, you know, uh, a streaming service uh, to, you know, kind of make that work. And that's going to happen more and more uh, as we kind of continue through this. Um, It's just a very interesting time, uh, but did want to mention it was on HBO Max. uh, for now, you, so yeah, it does say uh, Max original, but like you said, that doesn't really mean that they're the actual. See, produce. because it says they can Warner say Bros. That. It says Warner Brothers. So. Okay, okay. Well, then, then, then it was in house. Then the witches was yeah. always in house, and uh, and they were able just to put it on. You'll see with some others. Uh, there's there's been news, and by the way, whatever point I was originally making has left my brain. So we're just going to talk about this for a second. But there we were was, talking about where to see it originally. We said you can only see it on HBO yeah, Max. Yeah. And there, there's going to be uh, more and more news of some of these big releases. You're hearing a lot of buzz about the James Bond movie possibly selling to a streaming service for like $400 million. Like the idea that if they can get a decent return and, you know, kind of make their money back through a sale to a streaming service like Netflix or Hulu or whoever, um, that I think you're going to start seeing that as an option more and more uh, for these these companies. Now, of course, they can keep it in-house, too, because everybody has their own streaming service mm-hmm. and, you know, use it to boost subs. And something like 007 or something like a Marvel movie, 
uh, you know, that if if one of those dominoes falls, um, I think that's the tipping point, right? Like that has to be the yeah the tipping point on this whole thing. So like a, a Star Wars, a Marvel movie, James Bond, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, it's going to be an interesting. I think there is going to be at least one to do. I guess they would say like a proof of concept, like. Can we get a return on investment if we just put it all on a streaming service? Or at least some return on our investment. You know, they may have already given up on the idea because let's say theaters open, you know, here. I mean, let's let's not get too much into pandemic talk on this pop culture podcast. But, you know, it looks like we're going into the winter. Viruses always, you know, do more damage during the winter. Colder temperatures, you know, are supposedly good for viruses. So if theaters open in spring, which would be the next time that makes sense for the industry anyway, they want to be open for next summer's blockbuster season, right? And try to, even if it opens next summer, there's still factors like, are people going to be ready after a year and a half of not going to the theater to feel comfortable in a theater? You know, how many people are going to be ready and how, and even, you know, how long does that process last before movies come to theaters and make $400 million? You know, Tenant was kind of a one that came out and it, I think, ended up making uh, like 60 to 80 uh, in the U.S. and maybe uh, 150, 200. I should look that stuff up rather than just saying numbers, but it's close to that worldwide. And people are like, if a big movie can't make that much. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how... Um, kind of how all this shakes out but i think i remember the original point i was making about the uh this being a kids movie uh which you mentioned um yes this is absolutely a kids movie and i think that's worth paying attention to um because uh there, this is not necessarily a movie that is designed for uh you know a more mature audience but at the same time it is a movie that's not afraid to deal with mature themes and one of the things i always loved about this book and and we probably won't do a spoiler on this just because um you know, there's there's not a ton to spoil, uh, and also it's a you know a property that's been around a while. But the there is a um, there is a part of this movie where things that go quote unquote wrong for somebody are never righted, and that was a yeah. key part of the book. I remember as a kid being like, "Whoa, that's it!" Because usually in especially kids content, if something yeah. goes wrong. It will be corrected. You know that that's almost the goal of the movie. The resolution of the movie is to correct that. And in in this movie, it's uh, in this source material, it's never corrected. And it's one of my favorite things about this this material because it speaks to this idea that you know what sometimes things go wrong and there are consequences that don't end. And that's life. That's reality, right? So um, so yeah, I, I've always appreciated that about this material and and was glad to see it here as well. So. Yeah, I was curious if that was going to be like, uh, you know, faithful because I that did stick out to me. I'm like, oh, so we're never going to come back to that, and mm-hmm. they're just going to accept it now. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I I'm like glad, that. I'm glad at least one of us has you know read the source material <laughs> and and seen the uh, the Angelica Houston one. This this is this is my chance to be like uh, you are when we do a Stephen King movie. Um, it's like it's yeah. like my one opportunity to be like, you know, or a comic book movie or any other you know material. Usually, <laughs> it's usually Andrew like, well, I've read you know uh, all the issues of the New Mutants and uh, this really you know or whatever the case may be. 
But it's my yeah. turn now. It's my turn yeah. now. You get to be the snob. You're like, well, actually, <laughs> let me tell you. Yes, exactly. That's what I've been looking yeah. forward to very much is being is the snobbery of the whole thing. Feels uh, good, doesn't it? It does. It feels great to be uh, better <laughs> than other people because of what you know. Yes, it's a, it's a great feeling. Uh, welcome to Everything Wrong with Modern Fandom. Uh, okay, so we are going to, uh, to move on, but before we do... Uh, I would say this is a recommend for me. I've given my caveats. You know that I'm a little biased on this. Uh, Andrew, a little less of a recommend for you, uh, which I think uh, is kid, important. Kids might enjoy it. So if you want to watch a yeah. movie with your kids, I'm sure I'm sure you'll have fun. Like even seeing them laugh and giggle, you know, that that'd be worth it. And if you do happen to check it out, even without your kids or kids that you hang out with, um, I, and that sounds a little weird, I should say like you know nephews, nieces, you know kids in your life. <laughs> I was just gonna I was gonna let that slide, but even, you had you you're the one that lingered on it. So even if uh, you check it out uh, without any children in the room, I still think you may enjoy at least Anne Hathaway's performance and kind of the fun mm-hmm. of that character, um, if nothing else. So. Uh, so that'll be good. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's go ahead and talk about Borat, subsequent movie film. Fourteen years ago, I released movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee Land to carry out secret mission. I go to America. What do you say? No, it's not me. People may recognize my face. I would need disguises. This man is a sex criminal? No, no sex criminal. Released from prison for bringing shame to his country, uh, Kazakh funny man Borat risks life and limb when he returns to America with his 15-year-old daughter. Uh, This was kind of a surprise sequel. Uh, It comes to us on Amazon Prime. Um, and they're the ones that uh, have ended up with it, and I think they have the first movie available on Prime as well, and you'll see a lot of these streaming companies do that. Um, you know, recently when Trial of the Chicago 7 came to Netflix, whole bunch of Sorkin stuff ended up on Netflix, like Moneyball and, and those kind of things, so it's a good strategy. like to see it. Yeah. Um, so Borat, subsequent movie film, uh, he comes to us right before the election as uh, very much a political piece, uh, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, and there was a lot of that in the first one as well. Um, but it's still Sasha Baron Cohen's, um, what would you say, uh, kind of, I don't know, it's it's not... Mockumentary? Yeah, but it's, but it's kind of weird, right? Because... Because suppo- there's an actual... There's supposed real things going on, so it's it's I don't know. It's kind of its own thing. So um, anyhow, what did you think? Did you love it, like it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? I'm gonna go with okay, low side of okay, low side of okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna end up right down the middle on this one. Um, middle of okay. At times, I think high side of okay. When I think about some of the things I love about it. At times, low side of okay when I think about some of the things I hate about it. Um, he's he's kind of delivering that in these kind of movies, right? That love it, hate it kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. I think that is going to be a lot of people's um, experience. I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, what are some of your general thoughts, positive or negative? Um, I think that the, some one thing that the original film did that I appreciated that this one missed on was that it didn't hold punches from either side if you're talking about this from a political standpoint the first borat movie said here's 
all the silly stuff going on with the left. Here's all the silly stuff going on with the right. And uh, just so showing, like, there's, there's idiots on both sides, you know? I think this one is very party-centric. Like, this one is all about making fun of the right. And it doesn't really, you know, give its just deserves to the other side as well to make it seem fair. I, and and it's, it's his movie. He doesn't have to make it seem fair. But it just made it more accessible and let it didn't seem like a a, a comedic uh, podium to make fun of whoever you want uh, of the party you don't agree with. Um, but it there are parts of this movie that are funny. Uh, I should say this actually. This should have been the first thing I said. Sorry, and it's the fact that I and Aaron knows this. I'm not really a fan of cringe or uncomfortable humor right like you know if if the goal is to make either me uncomfortable or somebody else uncomfortable then i really i kind of live vicariously through them i'm like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah this is uncomfortable and some people love that that feeling of like oh i can't believe he's saying this or doing this but because they they uh they live through the uh, the pranker, I guess you could say. For yeah, it's a lack very of a much a prankster term. vibe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I guess I just live more through the prank e. Is who I'm. I wish I could live through the pranker. They seem like they're having a great time. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, like uh, there's scenes in this movie that where they're just trying to intentionally make somebody uncomfortable, and I'm like, yeah, I would be uncomfortable, as opposed to yeah, let's get them. It is my least favorite uh, parts of this movie um, are the times when I felt like they were really stretching to get something out of a, you know, a a real person Um, and a person who there were two or three moments um, where I felt like the mark, we'll just call him a mark. It's like, you know, a a con man kind of a thing um, where the mark felt like they were handling it fine, um, but they just kept pushing and because they need the material they need the response and you can do a lot with editing and i I wondered this about the first one i wonder it about this one you really wish to understand fully what they experienced and how much is manufactured versus how much is you know legitimate now there are things that happen and things that are said that just that even just them happening or them being said is enough that you go what like those moments I'm not I'm not talking about those moments. I'm talking about yeah. the moments where, you know, there could be, you know, manipulation or a scene um where the person seems to be handling it fine even in yeah. a strange circumstance, you know, there there in fact, there were moments in this movie where I felt like the person who was the mark actually came off really well. There was a specific moment in I believe maybe a uh, a synagogue possibly yeah. With uh, some um, Jewish women where, it, I mean, he's doing some of the most vilely uh, anti, you know, Semite, uh, you know, kind of stuff that you can do. Like the character is. I should say the character yeah. is. And, and they are so compassionate and loving and engaged in, in, in whatever. Now, a couple things could be going on. They could know it's all a silly joke, possibly. Mm-hmm. But to me, it felt more like that was just them. They wanted to be human to this other person, no matter what was going on with them. You know what I mean? Like, there's so there yeah. there is almost an element where I'm like kind of proud of some of these people, where it's like you know, 
you know, way to way to treat somebody as a human being, even when they're being that ridiculous and stupid, which that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, another uh, aspect of that is you see a bunch of people just being affable. They're just like, it's 2020 or 2019, whenever this was filmed, they're like, this might as well happen. And they just go with it because they're like, right. I'm t- I'm t- there's too much craziness going on for me to, you know, think that this is anything out of the norm at the moment. Right. Like, uh, I guess you could say the, uh, there's a guy that works for, I guess, UPS that he just, he just goes with, he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Right. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where it's this thing where it's like, you don't know how much of that is somebody knowing that, I mean, knowing it's a joke, knowing it's, you know, something strange, not thinking it's a real thing and just going, Hey, it's my chance to be an actor and I'm going to play along. Like I'm, you know. In the movie, too, or, you know, what, yeah. like, you don't know how much of it is that, how much of it comes from a real place, how much of it is manufactured. Um, so so that element of it, for me, kind of hits both sides, where I'm just like, number one, uh, I don't know what, what to trust about that idea, that prankster nature of the movie. And number two, I don't know that I enjoy the prankster nature, nature of it anyway. Like, that's not my, yeah. that's not why I'm interested in seeing it. So... Um, so yeah, I think we're kind of in the same boat on that, that those are the huge negatives come, come to me from that prankster vibe. And if what you love about these movies is him making people uncomfortable and him making people say things you can't believe they said, well, how much of that is real? I just don't know. You know? So I, I, even if I did like that, I would come away from it going, I don't know, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. There are two, uh, moments in this movie one takes place at a debutante ball and one takes place at a plastic surgery office mm-hmm. where somebody says something that is so shockingly vile and they're supposed to be real people saying these things that it just took me aback and it like I didn't even know what was happening in the scene because I couldn't move past what the person had just said, you know. Right. And you know that they, they they are so, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And and they are looks into the worst of human nature in those moments. Yeah. And you know, I guess you don't know, but you have to assume that the only reason they could even include them in the movie is because they got rights ahead of time. Like they had people sign yeah. and say, "Hey, we're going to do a, you know a recording here, um, and we have rights to yeah sign your name because they're not get." I mean, I can't imagine they're getting those people's permission after they said that. Oh, you know what I mean? Gosh. Yeah. So, and I could be wrong, uh, but yeah. And props to Sasha and uh, I forget the young woman's name, but for being Maria. able to Maria to not be like to like break out of character and be like, "Whoa, did you really just say that?" But they 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 went with the punches, and they're just like. Hey, yeah, we'll just go along with what they're saying and smile and nod and, you know, stay in character. So kudos to them for those two things I'm thinking in particular that I'm like, wow, the fact that you stayed in character and that you didn't like you didn't freeze for a moment. You you bring me uh, literally to uh, my favorite thing about this whole process. It's not the pranking. It's the performances. It's the art. It's the improvisation of it. It's the ability Mm -hmm. to stay in character, to fully embrace a character in a moment uh, where you can keep doing it. And we've seen Sasha do this so many times. He's he's incredible uh, at this. And to see him bring along uh, Maria Bakalova, uh, I believe is her name, Um, and for her to kind of live up to him, uh, in a lot of these scenes is really impressive. And uh, I, I was I was 
if anything, most impressed with her, primarily because I've seen Sasha do this before. But yeah. um, to see somebody else be game for it and be able to do it and pull it off, um, yeah. it's really inspired. I mean, it was inspired oh, yeah. is the wrong word, but somebody it was really as young as her go toe to toe with him, like a like somebody who that we would consider like one of the elites of mm-hmm. improv and stuff like that. For her to go toe to toe with him mm-hmm. is really impressive. I believe just just so we're clear, not not saying this isn't young, but she is twenty four. The actress uh, is actually oh, twenty four yeah. years old. In in the movie, she's portrayed as a fifteen year old, but she is twenty four in real yeah. life. Yeah. yeah, I believe that's the case. Yeah, yeah, you're right um, because because there was a whole there's a scene towards the end of the movie that is incredibly prevalent and very much talked about right now in the uh you know the scene the, yeah, you know <laughs> if you're the paying scene. attention at all you know the scene yeah yeah which honestly i think we should do a, a sif spoil on this movie just that's what i'm thinking to talk about certain things in this and what we think they actually what were actually happening and stuff Sure, we can do that. We can do a Sif spoil yeah. on a Borat subsequent movie film. We will do a Borat subsequent uh, podcast uh, uh, for that. We will do a, a Sif spoil on that. Uh, any nice. other <laughs> any other non spoiler things uh, that you kind of want to talk about with this one? Uh, I I like the fact that there's at least two or three people in this that made me happy. That I was like, okay, they're not just showing all of the awfulness of humanity there's some good people you mentioned the ladies in the synagogue there's also a uh uh, uh without spoilers i'll just call her a babysitter yeah this. yeah she's like, great oh she's great I, I i like her i wish i wish she could have been a babysitter whenever i was young she's yeah. great yeah I, I people do... like that give you hope Right, and I do wonder, you know, you talk about how this is much more of a um, targeted at one side of the aisle, so to speak, yeah. which I agree with you, um, but I do wonder if he's purposefully including those kind of things to say this is actually the beauty of people who may technically be on the other side of, you know, or in middle America or whatever the case may be, that there's the beauty of humanity is in these people, even as we see the ugliness of humanity and kind of what's being done with these other people. Um, I wonder if that's intentional and maybe that's his way of, of balancing it out this time. I don't know because you're right. The first one was very much just, I'm going to use this outsider character to show how our political process is silly and ridiculous and, you know, all of those things. And it wasn't, you know, specifically necessarily targeted. And this one, I think, is. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you think this movie is going to age well? And what I mean by that is there's a lot of references in this movie that are very much of right now Mm -hmm. that I don't know if people, you know, five or six years down the line will remember these references for the time. I think you know? that's going to depend on how you feel about that. will probably depend on how if you feel that the moment we're going through is a um a a big you know world-changing moment where it's like we'll remember this moment forever because if we if the pandemic if the covid thing is a you know a singular moment of time and by singular i mean a window of time obviously that we all experience something and it sticks in our general consciousness then i think this movie's fine because the the a lot of what you're talking about deals with the pandemic uh specifically and in the trump presidency specifically 
Um, but yeah, I I think I'm on the side of believing that will be understood and make sense to you know people um, 40 years from now or whatever. Because you look at something that happened uh, almost 100 years from now, you know, uh, uh, now I guess technically 80 years uh, ago, I should say, like World War II, right? That was such a global event, world-changing thing that we can watch a World War II movie and understand, you know, kind of what happened, even with specific references, those kind of things. So if it really is that kind of event that we're experiencing, and some of that's only uh, in hindsight that we can really know that, um, then yeah, I think I think people even 40, 80, 100 years from now will understand. So yeah, yeah. hopefully there's more extremely. Well-placed content out there that they're not having to go back and watch Borat two eighty years from now just to get a laugh. Yeah, it's. Do you think people watch this? <sighs> yes, absolutely. People watch this to get a laugh. That is that is probably. Oh true. yeah, I was talking to my uh, brother-in-law uh, yesterday, and uh, he was talking about how much he watched the first Borat movie. He just goes back and watches it over and over again just to get a laugh, and that he's he was excited to watch this one. So there are people who watch this just to get a laugh, because mm-hmm. besides the uh, the cringe humor, there's also shock humor in this. And yeah, lot, lots of penises. You know, that's always a a, a, a Borat yeah. staple. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So it's uh, it is definitely very similar to the first in that way. Um, mm-hmm. As far as you know, if, if you were wondering. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think? Uh, uh, what do you think? Recommend. If you like the first one, you'll like this one. If you didn't like the first one, uh, they're, they're not changing anything for you to make you like appreciate this one more. So I, I guess that would be my one thing. So yeah, I guess I could recommend it if you liked the first one. I'm going to uh, recommend it for uh, one reason. It's one of my favorite things about the movie, and we haven't talked about it yet. I think this movie is supremely more well-plotted than the first one. Um, I think there is a very interesting story uh, thing that happens towards the end of this this movie that I didn't see coming, and it kind of gives the movie a cohesive um, perspective on the world. And yeah. uh, and I I was not ready for it, and I was just like, oh, that's interesting, nicely done. You know, kind of laid that one right under my nose there, and I didn't even notice it. Um, so won't give that away until the sip spoil, but I do think for me, it, it gave this movie a level up for me because then I was like, oh, it's more than just cringe humor. It's more than like, it actually did a movie thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's trying it to say told, something. There is Yeah, a it actually here. told a story. And yeah. it wasn't even really a political message. It was just, no. a, you know, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then, and part of that also has to do with the, there are only three credits in this movie, and the third credit is someone playing themselves, and yeah, uh, it just, it, that cracked me up as well, but don't want to spoil that uh, either, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go, Borat's subsequent movie film uh, is on Amazon Prime uh, right now, and uh, you can certainly check it out if you like. Uh, before we head on to the best ever challenge, just take a second to thank our amazing supporters and sift pop members uh on patreon you make this show happen uh we really appreciate you and everything that you do if you're curious uh about the the membership the different levels the different perks just go hit it up at patreon patreon.com slash sift pop sports starts at three bucks a month 
Um, and you can check everything else that's involved there. Uh, we we recorded a uh, our favorite Halloween movies, both scary and silly, last week. And we mentioned that last week. And then technology stole it from us. So we re-recorded it. And if you are a Sif Pop member, it will be in your feed um, this week. Fingers crossed. If not, it's just cursed yeah. and it'll never be there. But we like to do yeah. that. Do those extra little podcasts for you. You get your own personal podcast feed, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, so we do appreciate it. Um, all right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. We're going with best ever movies that have witches uh, in them as a primary part of the plot. Um, we will go from number five to number one. Before we get into this, I do want to say I have been glancing at the chat. Some people uh, on Twitch mentioning like giving us bits thank you that's amazing i don't a hundred percent know what i'm uh, I, that means but uh that is a, a support that we really do appreciate uh and then like saying bitcoin <laughs> i don't i don't think it'd be nice if it was bitcoin bitcoin bitcoin's going up right now man like i don't know yeah. if you're aware of the the oh the markets, i keep track of all that stuff i actually i have a i have a little bit of bitcoin just like just just a little bit you know you might as well right just have mm. just a oh little yeah bit. Um, so, so yes. So anyways, if you are giving us bits, apparently we don't have it set up to show on the screen when like bits are given. I'm not sure if that's something we can do. We'll do whatever the case. I'm not sure if that's internal to Twitch or we'd have to do it externally on the show. Whatever the case may be. Thank you. We really do appreciate that. Uh, and that support. So oh, appreciate yeah. it very much. Uh, so let's go into this best ever challenge, best ever movies with witches. We'll start at number five, Andrew. What do you got? The Vithavitch. The Vavitch. I didn't think you liked yeah. this. Maybe that's I just did. me. Yeah, uh, um, I don't love it, okay. but I like it. I like I I like it, and I also appreciate how authentic it's trying to be with as far as like the way people spoke, the dialogue, the the accents. You know, it's very. It seems so real, and I think that's why it works. Because if if this if they spoke with like you know I guess you could say a modern tongue mm-hmm. you know like uh, I don't think this movie would work as well as it does but the uh, the the wardrobe the costuming and it 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 took something from another witch movie that uh, you may have on your list I don't know uh, where not really showing much at all if anything really uh, adds to the suspense of it all sure and I really. I really like the cinematography in this. I think Anya Taylor Joy is great. Uh, this is the first movie I ever saw her in, and uh, yeah, I, I like The Witch. I don't love it, but I like it. Uh, I don't. Uh, I I very much dislike this movie. Uh, it is one of the few movies that I came away from going, "What a waste of my time." Um, <laughs> it just it didn't say anything to me. Uh, it didn't mean anything to me. It didn't entertain me in any way. Uh, I just I just found it all kind of dark and pointless. Um, but that's just me. We all have yep. our experiences, and I do not begrudge you uh, enjoying the Vavich yeah. uh, at all. Uh, all right, I'll go with my number five. What you got? I got the Blair Witch Project. Uh, that was number- the one I was talking about with, uh, you know, not really showing much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's all, anything at all. <laughs> I think it's always worth mentioning. I, it's one of those movies where you you watch it and you go, it, similar to the Sasha Baron Cohen stuff, right? Where you go, man, well done, you know, to do a movie like that and for yeah. these people to pull that off and and be able for it to feel so authentic and to feel so real. 
And a lot of it has to do with the way it was produced, the way it was shot, uh, the way it was marketed uh, certainly yeah. was a turning point or maybe not even a turning point, maybe just a, a uh, just a, a single point in movies where you were able to do this because, you know, once the Internet kind of became more of a, a main thing, it's just it's impossible to pull the wool over people's eyes like that. Um, yeah. and people were given this, uh, VHS tape ahead of the movie's release that then they passed to other people and it became like this underground thing. Like, do you know, this is a real thing. Like they kept the actors people and actresses. Thought it was real. Oh, of course. Yeah. People, because they kept the actors and actresses name off of IMDB. Uh, I think yeah. maybe one of them was on there, but it said like it said deceased or something like that. Or, yeah. you know, so like they, they, you know, made sure that it, you know, any crumbs that were out there kind of led to this being a real thing and people believed it. Uh, and I just don't think you could do that anymore. Um, it's a, and it's a really interesting watch as well. So I definitely wanted to mention it at number five. Yeah. Uh, if you get nauseous from shaky cam, then uh, viewer beware. <laughs> Fair enough. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on from four on up, they're all movies in my top hundred movies. Oh, nice. All time. I did not realize I had that many witch movies in, <laughs> in my top hundred. <laughs> you, you don't know till you start looking. Yep. Uh, number four, I got Big Fish. Oh, I had forgotten there was a witch in Big Fish. Yeah. yeah uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Sure. Is the witch in that? M- most movies. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Yeah, any movie that she's in, you can just imagine. Just assume, even if it's not mentioned, that, that she's a witch. Um, yeah, it's just that that life. I I love this movie so much. I think that the you know the story of it all, the metaphor of you know a father leaving a legacy for his son to live up to. I think Ewan McGregor is great in this. Uh, I do not like um, what Tim Burton movies. I really don't. But this one is something special, and it's different from any other movie that he's made, I think. Yes, there's a fantastical element to it, but I think that the story of it all stands so much above the ridiculousness that you see in a lot of his movies that this one is just beautiful. It's it's heartwarming. It's emotional. I love it. I really do. It's great. Uh, it is one of my favorites as well. Um, it might have edged the Blair Witch Project uh, out of number five uh, if I had thought about it. Um, I did a rewatch recently, and it did not increase my uh, perspective on this movie, but it didn't really decrease it either. I think it's just a really good movie, um, and uh, and so yeah, I think it's it's well worth mentioning. Uh, yeah, at number four for you. All right, uh, my number four is Into the Woods, uh, the musical. I really enjoyed this. Uh, This movie kind of came and went, and, you know, it was fun that year to watch it and sing the songs and see these amazing people on screen together, and then I don't think I've heard a single soul talk about it since, and so I think this may be a little bit under the radar at this point. I mean, it's only a few years old, but, but, man, I think this is really good stuff. I think... Uh, Meryl Streep, of course, is amazing as always. Uh, and then you've got, you know, the characters down the line who are doing really good work. Uh, Chris Pine among them. Uh, I was really surprised. So I love a good musical. Um, so it's probably not a surprise that I would have this in my top five. So Into the Woods. Sweet sauce. Yep. My number three, you might trump. Uh, I don't even know if you can count this because it is adamantly proclaimed that she is not a witch. She's his wife. <laughs> 
I'm gonna go with the Princess Bride. I, that's why I didn't count. That's why I didn't have the Princess Bride in here because, because she's not she a witch. Adamantly, she's she's wife. specifically the text says she's yeah. not a witch. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, no, but I, I do not begrudge you uh, including it, and I'm glad we get to talk about it. Anytime we can talk about the Princess Bride, I'm I'm fine with that. It is <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite um, movies of all time. Oh yeah, easily, easily. Uh, the fact that I had two movies above it in my top 100 movies was shocking that had witches in it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know if you would have it on your list because, like you said, it is adamantly and definitively <laughs> proclaimed, I am not a witch, I'm your wife. Yep, yep, that is correct. Uh, so, no, uh, it, it's not on yeah. there. Okay, uh, so you're number three. My number three is, uh, actually, it's been mentioned in the chat as well. My number three is The Wizard of Oz. Um, yep which is in my favorite movies of all time. Uh, This is an interesting movie in that it wasn't as beloved when it came out as it is now. It's kind of been one of those that has grown over time. Uh, It is often one of the movies that uh, people point to as the transition from black and white to color. Um, I think we've talked about this recently, the fact that actually color film was along, you know, way before this movie. It was just a matter of, of, you know, using it or not. Um, in fact, very shortly after movies were invented, color film was invented. Um, but I think the process was much more expensive. I think but, it's the fact that this movie starts off in black and white or in that right. sepia, and then it transitions into color. So I think that's why people credit yeah. it, even though it's not true. Yeah, because it uses color as part of the story. Um, and I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, I love when movies do that. Recently, First Man did that with the IMAX. Uh, you know, used the IMAX opening up as part of the story. And it works. It worked for me, at least. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen other movies and TV shows more recently do that with the dimensions of the screen. You know, certain things are 16 by 9 and certain things are, you know, four by three or, you know, so I I love it when storytelling can use visual things to indicate uh, differences in the story. I think that's, that's a lot of fun. Beyond that, it's just a really fun, again, musical. There's a theme, there's a theme going on here. Um, But I, I I really enjoy it. So, yeah. Uh, I do have a fun bit of trivia for you about the Wizard of Oz. uh, And that it is that the entire movie is in fact all in color. It's just that, parts of it take place in Kansas and that's what Kansas really looks like. You yeah. know, it's just gritty and colorless. So <laughs> it is, it is a pretty plain state, but I think there may yeah. be some can Kansas peeps, uh, who may disagree with you. Um, Kansanians, Kansanians that may disagree with you. Uh, what's yeah. your number two? I'm going to go with Howl's moving castle. Good choice. Good choice. And my honorable mentions. Oh my gosh. It's my favorite Miyazaki movie. It's, I'm just going to spoil right now. It's my favorite non-cheating witch movie. And by that, I mean, like, I really pushed the limits of a witch movie for my number one. Um, but it's, I think the story is, if with any Miyazaki movie, you have to be open-minded and just let yourself be taken on a journey. You know, because if you try and make sense of everything on your first go-around, too, you're going to be too overwhelmed with information visuals Mm -hmm. uh so much but i think like if you just let yourself enjoy what is happening in front of you and then you go back and you watch it over and over again and you try and make sense there's a beautiful and unique and really smart story going on here i love 
both uh i yeah i love this movie so much i really do it's great i'll go ahead and mention one of my um uh honorable mentions is kiki's delivery service since you know kind of in, mm-hmm. in the same vein there but um yeah but yeah it's it's so beautiful so well done and uh and yeah i think it's it's worth mentioning for sure yep uh, your number two my number two is Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail um, is my number two. So it's good to good to always give a shout out to the Pythons. Oh, crap. <laughs> really? It's a fair court. It's a ah! fair court. <laughs> oh, man. I totally forgot about Holy Grail. That would have been my unlike, top five. Unlike Princess Bride. The text in this movie yeah. says she might actually be a witch. So, yeah. you know, there you go. Yeah. I feel like a fool. Nah, yeah. I don't feel like a fool. Just just share my love of yeah. the Pythons and what Get they out of here, the witch. That's right. You, you do not exist be anymore. Be gone. Be gone with be you. Be gone. Yeah. Or fear the wrath of the rabbit. Uh, yeah. All right. We, uh, we're on to our number ones then, right? I think. Do yeah. we have the same number one, possibly? I guarantee. Uh, probably not. Okay, Probably all right. Not. What's your number one? <laughs> uh, Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> okay, that is Scarlet a good Witch. Uh, Scarlet yeah, Witch. No, I know, but it doesn't mean she's not a witch. I said, this a, is what I said. This is why I said cheating. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that is definitely definitely a cheat. But we'll we'll go yeah. ahead and allow it. Uh, yeah. Any chance you get to talk about Infinity War, you're going to take it. I am. <laughs> So what did you have at number one? I'm actually really curious now. Uh, Lord of the Rings um, is what I had at number one, um, which I, I assumed we both would have had at number one. Oh, the Witch King of Agmon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Man, I am bad at this game. <laughs> no, you're not. No, yeah. you're not. It might, it's, it's, you know, it's, it just all depends on where you draw that line and kind of how you do it. But I've spoken many times about uh, my love for the Lord of the Rings. It's going to impact my pocketbook come this uh, holiday season because they've got the new 4K steelbook collections coming out uh, for Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Uh, I didn't like The Hobbit as much as Lord of the Rings, but just as a completist and a collector, um, I think I may have to get those too. I cannot wait. Mm. Apparently, they're going to have both the, the theatrical and extended editions on these 4K discs, uh, and I cannot wait to watch uh, these movies in 4K. Um, it's going to be a ton of fun, so excited that that's coming out uh, this year. But I love this movie. It's just it's a defining movie in my movie fandom, and it, it, yeah. always, it always shall be. And there's so. going to be at least one person in the chat who's like, well, which movie? They're all one movie. That's so. right. Yeah, they just yeah, broke they broke a movie. single story up into three parts. Whereas yep. the difference with the Hobbit is they stretched a single story <laughs> into three parts. <laughs> Notice yeah. the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all right, that'll do it for the best ever challenge. Um, before we get well, we into got our, honorable mentions, yeah. Before we get into our honorable mentions, uh, let's take a look at the chat. See if anybody's um, got anything oh, in the yeah, chat that yeah. they that they want to mention. So uh, let's see. Uh, Stardust was mentioned in the chat that's definitely one um that you can watch uh let's see uh bed knobs and broomsticks that was uh, my first honorable or second honorable mention yeah definitely a good choice there as well uh sword in the stone yeah. uh madam mim uh it's a that's a lot of fun mad 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 madam so yeah if you have any other choices um yeah let us know what they are okay nice uh what are you what is I have uh, two two in your honorable mention? Go ahead. Yeah, that were not mentioned previously. Uh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you have to mention Hocus Pocus, right? I know you love that movie. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a fun movie. And uh, a movie that I don't think gets enough credit for being as good as it is. Uh, I'm going to go with The Crucible with Daniel Day-Lewis. Nice. Good choice. Yeah. Have you ever seen that one? I have. I Would we consider those witches or just accused of being witches? Accused of being witches. I know. It's one yeah. of those. Okay. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just got to draw that line wherever you do. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Chronicles of hey, Narnia. Hey, they, they could have been right. They could have been right. <laughs> they could have been. They could. I don't think that's the, the point of the story. I don't think the text would necessarily agree, but they, they could have been. <laughs> uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Wanted to mention that, especially the first one, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. Uh, mm-hmm. Really enjoy that. Of course, the Harry Potter movies. Uh, you can pick your favorite. Uh, probably Order of the Phoenix for me. Yeah. Um, Maleficent's pretty good. Thought I'd mention Maleficent. Um, yep. Another Arthur tale, recent Arthur tale that I really liked was The Kid Who Would Be King. Um, so I wanted to throw some love out there for that. Um, and then I think Sleepy Hollow is a pretty good movie. Uh, so throw some love for <laughs> Sleepy Hollow out there as well. Uh, which one? The animated one or the Johnny Depp one? Oh, the Johnny Depp one. Yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. I can never take that one seriously because they cast Christopher Walken as the Headless Horseman. That's a fair point. And, yeah. and I just, every single time I see him now, I just go, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for my head. I've lost my head. Yeah. You know, for some reason, my Christopher Walken is... Uh, Sound like Count Dracula. It's very much Count Dracula, so yeah. <laughs> we should probably just move on. Uh, <laughs> let's finish out with our buried treasure for the day. Andrew, what is that one yeah. thing in any area of pop culture uh, that you want to make sure that people know about? You're going to be really happy about this, Aaron. I finally watched a show you've been praising for a while. Oh, I hope you liked it. Yep, on HBO. Well, I did like it. It's my buried treasure. I'm going to go with Barry on HBO. Oh, nice. This yeah, is a fun think? show. It's a fun show. Yeah. I really... The reason why I, I saw the pilot uh, when it came out, but I never watched anything after that, because it, I didn't know if I would really buy into Bill Hader as an assassin. But I quickly... I still look at him, and I can't think of him in, as an assassin, but... I quickly realized that's not what the show is about. Yeah. You know? And yeah. seeing him and just this amazing cast, I got to look up his name because he's also in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, and he is so funny. Uh, why am I bad at things? <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. No, uh, uh, Anthony Kerrigan. Yeah, yeah. As NoHo. He's like one of the funniest people ever. And then, of course, you got people like Henry Winkler and Stephen Root. Uh, I love Henry Winkler in this. He's just so, so great. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a really fun show. And I am kind of mad at myself for not really jumping on the show when it first came out. Because it, it deserved it, I think. It's it's really good. Yep. Uh, I think this show is uh, a really interesting watch because it, it the way it plays with tones is treacherous. Uh, it is a hard thing to balance what they're balancing here in this show, and I think they do a really good job at it. Uh, glad to see Bill Hader get kind of this um, chance to kind of stretch his, his wings, his muscles, uh, yeah. and do something like this. So glad you're watching it. Fun. How far yeah. did you get? Uh, I just finished season one, so I'm okay. about to start season two. And you've got some fun stuff and in store for you, my friend. Nice. Uh, if you want some other fun stuff in store for you, uh, I finally got around to watching the first season of Star Trek Lower Decks uh, on CBS All Access. Is it good? It's great. Um, it is It is not quite to the level of the Orville, but it's close. 
And the difference is it's actually in-universe, and that gives them the opportunity to make more specific jokes um, and do a great job. Best thing this show does is the character building. I really fell in love with these characters. And, um, you know, that's the concept is already fun, but when you give me characters that have very specific personalities, things they're trying to accomplish, um, that's always going to kind of keep me, uh, you know, invested. Uh, I believe one of the voices is Jack Quaid, who you may know uh, yep. f- from The Boys. Yep. Um, and then I think Jerry O'Connell is in there as well. Um, so, well, it's yeah. an animated, it's an animated uh, series, so of course yes. Jerry O'Connell's going to be in it. He's a voice <laughs> actor for everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I really am enjoying uh, Lower Decks. Or I should say I really enjoyed the first season of Lower Decks, so I wanted to pass that on. Uh, if you're a Star Trek fan... Um, I think it's definitely something you at least want to experience uh, because there's Star Trek has really never done anything like this uh, as far as in universe in canon kind of thing. Um, and it, it takes place during like next generation years. Um, and so there's my favorite. So there are some kind of uh, fun cameos um, that happen as well. So just to tease that for Star Trek oh. Lower Decks. Well, now that I have one recommendation for it, I'll check it out. Nice. That's all you needed. Just needed the one yeah. recommendation. Mm-hmm. Well, we did it, man. Yeah, we did. We did another podcast. Congratulations uh, on your successful podcasting day. Um, it doesn't always happen that way, but it happened that way today. Uh, so we should celebrate it. with some onions. We should. We should get a nice big bag of onions uh, and yeah. celebrate. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Sif Poppy is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the video and audio show. Thanks, Phil. And much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members at Patreon for making this possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. You can check out all the details at patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast or wherever you watch the podcast. Feel free to interact there as well. Uh, we are now a Twitch affiliate, uh, so you can subscribe there. Uh, so plenty of ways to interact with the show and we appreciate everybody at every single one. You can also just email us if you still do that kind of thing. Uh, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than killing a global pandemic virus with a frying pan. Uh, we will be back next week with more good stuff. There's plenty of stuff out. We didn't talk about Rebecca this week. That came out on Netflix this week. So Lots of fun stuff coming out. Uh, I think there was a new animated movie on Netflix, too. So it is the season, and uh, we'll, we'll surely have something to chat about next week. And we will see you then. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.